Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cracked Eye Podcast. This is your friend, Haya. We've taken this time to educate ourselves further, to sign petitions, to make donations, to demonstrate peacefully, and work is not done by any means, so we hope that our supporters will continue to do the right thing. Now, we received word or concern that our show was getting political. And I will speak for the rest of the cast by saying that this isn't a political issue. This is a human decency issue. It's a humanitarian basic right to be treated as a regular human being. So we hope that those of you who are able to protest, protest safely. And those of you who are not able to will continue to raise awareness and speak on behalf of voices that cannot speak alone in this time. Or if you cannot donate your physical time, I hope you will consider donating monetarily. And I think this is a great segue to say Happy Pride Month, as the riots of 1969 were started by an incredible black trans woman, Marsha P. Johnson. So to recap, as I'm very good at rambling, Black Lives Matter. Happy Pride Month, and without further ado, here is episode 40, The King of the Road. Welcome to the 39th episode of the Cracked Die Podcast. Hey! We're still here. We are. Not all of us. I have survived many travels. That's all I <laughs> Wait, who's that? Is Mysterious he back? Boy. Holy shit, is he back? It is myself and my dogs as well. Hello, everyone. You have more than one dog? I'm currently fostering another dog. Well, we're glad you you are back and are safe. We are still social distancing, so this is another episode brought to you by the magic of the internet. So, previously on the Cracked Die podcast, all heroes enjoyed the feast in their honor in the land of the Ikuje Elves. However, during the feast, Twin Talon became sick from what appears to be arsenic poisoning. The next morning, the all-heroes find packs of gear for them to head off into the forest to search for the evil Cinder Claws. What awaits our heroes as they head off? Find out now on the Cracked Die Podcast. Let's talk about what people got at level six. Let's start with Anwar on the top left. Of my screen here. All right, cool. So at sixth level, I gained a new third level spell slot. So now I have three third level spell slots. And I'm able, and I actually took an offensive spell for that. I'm not going to tell you which one just yet. And I, I did all of your spells offensive. Uh, well, then I'm doing my job. I also got two, two feats, a class feat and then like a general feat. I think it was a general feat. Anyways, I took one of my feats with Cider about called Assurance. So now, uh, and I took it for medicine. So basically, uh, for medicine, I can just take a 10. Whether I'm not in, in combat or not, doesn't matter. I can just take a 10. It's a single round act. And so with that, I'm actually able to do the 2D10 version, um, the expert level heal. Not heal, but uh, treat wounds. I can do that without failing any uh, ever. So, uh, and I can do that in, yeah, for my battle medicine also, because it does use the medicine spell, I mean, medicine skill, I double check that and I'm able to do that as well. So now it's 2d8 plus 10 every time I treat someone's wounds, which is pretty cool. That's awesome. 
And uh, the last thing I got was uh, Selective Healing, I think it's called. So yeah, it's uh, called Selective Energy, and it's just like Selective Channel in First Edition. So basically, I get to select three living creatures and or undead creatures, which are not affected by my by the three-action heal spell, which is an area of effect. That's good, because you've gotten in trouble with that in a couple earlier battles where you, where you had to do the mass heal, but... Yeah, and... Like, I, I think in the past, I've seen that it's not useful often, but when it is useful, it's pretty darn useful. That's really awesome, Anwar. Christine, you're the next person in my screen. So what happens to Soraya when she leveled up? Um, okay, so I have a new class feat, which is directional bombs. So not only can I choose basically where my splash goes in its a uh, five or ten foot radius, I can now choose instead to have it go in a 15 foot cone. From where I throw wow. it. Wow. Yeah. So wherever it lands 15 feet cone away from me, I can choose that for the splash damage as well. Um, I also got a skill feat, so I took magical crafting. So that's fun. Cool. So I now have the recipe for healing potions instead of elixirs of life. So Yay. I can either. Um, unfortunately, the magical crafting does take the standard, like it's actually like days or weeks instead of, you know, my quick alchemy stuff. But that's cool. So I can make feather, a ladder, a ladder feather token, a hat of disguise, healing minor healing potions, or a wondrous figurine of which I chose the Onyx Dog, which is nice for like a little tracking kind of stuff going on. You guys, and then you guys actually got an Onyx Dog figurine, I think, in the Citadel way, way back yeah. when. Yeah, I think we sold it. Maybe probably. We, we either but... sold it or we like. I'm 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 an item hoarder of this way of like video games too, where I'm like if I I don't know I can get another one, I hate using it. <laughs> um, and then as per usual, uh, when I level up, I have an extra uh, my the batches per day that I get go up, and um, my poison resistance, which is another one of my class feats, goes up. So there's now three. Cool. Nice. Very very cool. Kaya, what happened to Hello. Brianna? Brianna went to bed thoroughly embarrassed because. Um, Everything to do with smush and and romance makes her turn beet red. However, she woke up being able to carry more things. Okay. As I chose the skill feat hefty hauler, I was like, she's a strong girl. She needs to be able to carry more stuff. The, that is my skill feat. So for the class feat, I chose smite evil, which I thought was very appropriate for a champion to be able to do so. You guys are just making it harder for me to kill you. And I don't like yeah. that. Isn't that well, the point? Yeah, no. exactly. <laughs> Anything else? Anything else cool? Not that I know of. All right. John. <laughs> All right, Matt, what happened to Twin Talon? How is he going to murder face my monsters now? Oh, let me tell you. So I got a skill increase. So I took athletics because that's all of the combat maneuvers, tripping and stuff like that. Uh, my skill feat I took was Powerful Leap. Leap is now an action. It's a specific action. It's like a one action thing you can do. Typically, I think you can leap up like two and a half feet. It's not quite a whole square. But so to get up like a like to get up on a table, it's like a two action thing typically in combat. So he has feet Powerful Leap, which allows him to jump five feet straight up as a single action with the leap action. And he increases the distances he can jump horizontally by five feet. So it's not that's not gonna hopefully break anything but but the thing that will ruin your day sean is i got a feat called gang up which is my class feat and normally 
to get sneak attack damage on people, I have to catch them flat-footed. The easiest way to do that a lot of times is to flank. What Gang Up does is if anybody else is threatening an enemy in melee, I'm counted as flanking that enemy. So I no longer have to worry about tumbling around people or positioning as long as Pawn Watcher or Brianna or inevitably Temid is, is threatening somebody in melee. Uh, I will get sneak attack damage against them. Oh, great. I can't wait. Excuse me, I have to increase the difficulty of all of the encounters you're about to face. Excuse me, give me a second. Rich, what happened to Pond Watcher when he leveled up? Hello. Hello. (laughs) You know, I'm glad that Matt went first because I also chose the skill feat Powerful Leap. So I also do good jump. Good choice. When you're carrying that tuba, you got to be able to jump. Exactly. The tuba helps me jump real good. The thing I'm most excited about is my Barbarian class feat, which I've been uh, looking forward to since level one, which is called Dragon's Rage Breath, which gives me a breath weapon like a dragon where I blow giant, basically cone of super frozen air in a 15 foot cone out of my mouth and uh, blast people. And I'm super pumped. And uh, that's pretty much the best thing ever. Awesome. Get that an action. Holy cow. That's wow. terrifying. How many actions does that take for you to do in combat? That is two actions. Okay. Okay, that's better than like a one action breath weapon that I was scared of. I there's some limitation on how often you can use it. It gets weaker and weaker the more you use it until you like recharge. Interesting. And now to the man who's been missing, who we've missed, Aaron. Well, hello again. Uh well at level six bard, nothing too exciting happens. Uh, I got a general feat, which I took uh, and a class feat. The class feat was called the uh, Dirge of Doom, which just lets me scare people. And the general feat I'm actually pretty excited about because it fits in with my character. It's called Encouraging Words. And I basically make a diplomacy check to one of my allies if they're feeling sad and I can give them a boost in I, stamina points is what they call it. So, cool. That's neat. So, you all went to bed after the rager that was thrown in your honor by the lovely Kuja elves in Akravel. As Temid sleeps, a image flashes in his dreams. I guess it would be called a dream, if you would. Pictures while what? you sleep. <laughs> I think that's called TV. That's TV. <laughs> TV in your brain. Good. Love it. So, Temid, as you dream, this is what you see. Five heroes sprint down a dark hallway. Two in the middle hold up one of the party members who trails a pool of blood his ruptured stomach covered in stones as they run. In front of the group, a tall man in a cloak wields a staff with a black crystal on top that emits an eerie light, beyond the boundaries of which nothing but void and the screaming of a thousand voices. The man stops, slams his staff into the ground, and allows his companions to rush past him. He thrusts out a hand and a burst of green flame shoots from his fingers out into the darkness. For a moment, the green light illuminates the 10,000 screaming infantile faces that make up the eyeballs of what can only be described as having the shape of a monstrous insect. The fireball slams against the creature's face, and each of the baby heads that make up its eyes screech in fury, but it slows it enough for the crucial moment it takes for the man and his companions to reach the chamber beyond. Once he's clear, the woman, not holding his dying companion, presses her hand onto the pedestal next to the doorway and wills the door to close, which sighs as the skin of the chamber folds over and hums. 
For a moment, they hear the screams of the creature beyond the door, and then there is nothing. <laughs> they lean up against the wall, lowering themselves to the ground. The man lets go of his staff, but the staff stays upright where he leaves it. His other two companions lower the wounded man on his back, the woman of the two resting the man's head in the back. Off in the distance beyond the chamber, floating in the middle of the void, is a large crystalline tower that rotates and flashes black light to the chamber below. It keeps pulsing this black light onto the heroes, makes their faces look drawn, and their skin look sick. The children are disgusting. Call them that. What else would they be? I held her hand and told her to push. That had nothing to do with her. She didn't know. She said she could feel her babies growing inside of her. It made her so happy. She told me she could hear their voices. I thought it was something to do with mothers. How could I be so stupid? It wasn't her. It's this place. And what is this place, huh? None of us have ever been able to figure that out. We woke up here, and that's it. The man falls into the stairs. All we've ever known is that we have to take this staff to the top of the damn tower, and I don't want to do it. I don't, but I can't stop myself. We have to get there. The woman puts her arm around his shoulder. He cries. The bear of the man who carried the woman walks over to the tomb. We need to get to the tower. No. Is he going to be all right? Yes, he knows what to do. Just give him a sec. All right. The woman points the wounded man on the ground. What about him? He'll be dead in a few minutes. Can't you heal him? The man squeezes a holy symbol on his neck. Not this. I can't touch the source anymore. I wish I knew, but my god has abandoned me. Possible. I don't think the god was ever there in the first place. What? Let's get going. Get him up. I'll grab her. The man walks over to the wounded man and the woman. He stops a few feet from them, sees them both crying. It's going to be okay. I'm dying. It's going to be okay. I I don't want to die. Not here. Don't worry. What's what's my name? What? I I don't know my name. Tell me what my name is. I I don't know. Tell me what my name is. I can't. There's nothing. It won't let me. I. The wounded man screams one more time and dies. I don't even know my own name. She looks up at the man standing in front of her. He sticks out his hand and lifts her up off the ground. They are joined by the remaining two. Once they step away from the body of the man on the floor, the floor shoots out tendrils that wrap around the body, dragging him, letting out a contented sigh. None of the rest of the party notice. As they approach a tower, it lets out a moan. A platform separates itself from the top of the tower and lowers to greet the heroes. They step aboard, all eyes to the top of the tower. It floats slowly to the top. In the moments of silence, each of them can hear the sound of each other's breathing. How many of us do you think have died? I don't know. When they reach the top of the tower, it opens up, a membrane stretching until it pops. They step inside, and the membrane seals shut behind them. The room of the tower is made up of millions of tiny, silver coils. And as they step into the center of the room, the coils undulate, sending a wave starting from around the chamber top of the ceiling. The coils start to jut out in a long appendage from the ceiling. While they move, they sigh and cry, reminding each of the heroes of sexual climax. The appendage stops in front of the man with its staff. It spirals open to reveal a human mouth pale with yellow. <clears throat> so, here at last, have you come to worship me? Yes. And with that, Temid wakes up. 
What the fuck was that? <laughs> yum, yum, yum. <laughs> Alrighty. You all wake up the next day. Some of you having had pleasant dreams. Temid, you had that dream. You know, lovely. I mean, I just see flaming death every night, so. <laughs> As you all wake up, you feel refreshed. It's been one of the nicest sleeps you've had in a while since you, you know, kind of, it's it's different. It's nice. It's very roomy. It's very comfortable. You each have your own individual place. You're not sharing room with anyone, which has been different than any other tavern or inn that you've been to. When you wake up, out, just outside your door, you find a backpack left for you. In the backpack, there is three days worth of rations, two full water skins, a tent, hot weather gear, and a unique item for each of you. So Temid goes around to every, he tries to wake up early, goes around to each one's door and takes it and sells all the stuff. Oh, don't forget I know how to craft poisons. Okay, I take that back now. <laughs> Temid, in your pack, there is a silver mug that you find interesting due to the fact that you have not seen very much, if any, metals in this town. Interesting, okay. In the stein, you find a note. It is written in Elvish. He he pretends like he can read it and says, oh, interesting. On the side, you see that there is a finely etched symbol of Caden Kalen in it. He likes and it. And the mug is full. Oh. Um, so kind of takes a look around and takes a sip out of it. How does it taste? Do you remember the berry mead that you were drinking? Yes. At the at the inn? That's exactly what it tastes like. Okay, pretty good. Soraya, as you get up, you find the pack with the same things inside, but rather than a mug, you find a rolled piece of parchment written in Elven with a note attached to it. Okay. The note says, thank you for visiting and exchanging ideas with me your friendly alchemist. And in it, you find a recipe. Oh. Brianna, you wake up and same deal. As you look through the pack, you find in there, in the pack, you find a wooden ring with a ram etched into it. Oh, what could this be? Can I roll for it? There's a note I mean, attached in Elven. Uh, I cannot read this. I will have to find Sereya, uh, Twin Talon, or Bond Watcher later. <laughs> Thank you. I just put it on. Twin Talon. Yes. Same deal. You go through the pack and you find a necklace, like a choker. Mm. With oh. a. Uh, it's like a puka shell necklace? Yep. It's a, exactly. I th no, I thought it was those little thin black curly ones. No, <laughs> <laughs> <And> I did. <laughs> Uh, but rather than it being puka shells, you see that it is made out of nuts and berries. and Not berries, but like nut shells okay. around. Uh, again, written in Elvish note. Uh -huh. What the note says since I read Oh, that's Elvin. right. You do speak Elvin. Yeah. Uh, she just said I'd have to find to Italian. I forgot. Um, since you made such good friend with Harriet, she thought you would enjoy this. May it help you converse with others you meet. The lion? Yes. Great. He'll uh, he'll put it on and he'll be he'll just kind of say to the I mean he'll look around is Harriet there? Nope. Okay, so he'll just kind you of see a really read. crudely like drawn like paw print oh. next to the signature. <laughs> um, so he'll uh, he'll just kind of say to the trees, you know, thank you and and Elvin, and uh, he'll he'll put it on. All right. 
Also, Sean, I'd like to go through my uh, pack and make sure that nothing is missing. Nope. Okay. Nothing's there. Missing. Okay. Pond Watcher. Hello, that's me. Yes, hello. <laughs> you go through the pack, and there's nothing new in there. It doesn't seem to have anything, but you do find a note. Don't they know I can't read? <laughs> Wait, you can read Elvin, can't you? Yeah, I was just, just joshing. Okay. The note says, you seem to have a very powerful artifact with you already. The others might need help, but you do not. Your prowess in the field was greatly noted, and we hope that you enjoy what you have. Okay, weird piece of paper. Um, and that is signed by the Quinn Leopards. I don't really understand what they did for everyone else, but I'm sure they didn't get great magical items, so I'm not upset. Hey, look, a water bottle. <laughs> it's Dasani, my favorite. <laughs> not a sponsor, not a sponsor. Aaron. Yep. You go into your pack. You discover that everything is, is in there, like we, we just talked about, as well as a single wooden rod. I sniff the rod uh, suspiciously. Uh, the note, there is a note attached to it, written in Elven, and it says, you will know what to use this for when the time comes. About ten minutes later, Nikedia shows up with some now-cooked bacon from the, the, the boars you guys got the other day for the feast, and brings you breakfast. She looks at you and says, ah, I see you all got the gifts the village left for you. We hope you enjoy them. Now... When you came here, you said you were searching for the cinder claws and, and a way to deal with them. I might recommend that you head out of the village and begin searching for them. We would go. However, there is something you should know. We would handle this ourselves. However, if we get near any of the cinder claw camps or anything like that, we start to lose our vision. We do not know what magics they are using, but we cannot go out and deal with them ourselves. We hope that our goals align in the fact that you are looking for them to take care of them and deal with them for invading your town as well as being able to help us out i have made you a map of what we know and she hands you a map if i can refer you to your computer screen you should see a map with three visible squares is that correct yes excellent you are currently in the city of acroville the area directly below it is where the Hunter's Gate you came from, and that's where you, the temple area that you found. Nikedia continues, to the south, there is a settlement of humans that are very quickly to anger, similar to the elephants that they idolize. But if you can approach their village in a non-threatening manner, the, as we call them, elephant people should be able to help you out and give you more information on the cinder cloth. If you need anything, please feel free to return to the city whenever you need. We will happily refill any supplies and anything you need. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. You have done so much for us already. So with that, uh, are we are we heading out? Uh, I just need to sell something really quick and buy something really quick, and then I'll be ready to go. Okay. What do you need to sell and buy? I need to sell my crossbow and bolts and my special magical climbing bolt that I bought. And I wanted to pick up some uh, vine arrows and arrows for my bow that Akosa gave me. I think they'll do a so for the crossbow you get you can sell that for fifty percent. Okay. And then I think 
since you're in such good standing with the town, you can just do a an even exchange for crossbow bolts or regular arrows. I have a question. Yes. Just a, a refresher, because my, my brain is literally mush these days. That's fair. Remind me what happened with Renali. So Did she just skitter her off? Skit her off, rather? She skittered away to find her family. And you have that whistle to call her. Remember it was the dog whistle? Yes. Yes, but <laughs> Pawn Watcher may or may not have been like, oh, let's try this. Oh, it's broken. <laughs> um, I can't hear a thing. Let's talk this map. Real quick. So. It's mostly dark. It's mostly dark. You are free. Oh, that's what it is. So the elves couldn't remove the fog of war. Is that what we're saying? Yes, exactly. Oh, okay. I actually have a theory that they leave in the daylight and then they like stop when it gets dark and they're like, we can't see. It must be magic. And they go back. And then they go home. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This is a hex map. Each hex is 10 miles, but it is dense, difficult terrain. So it halves your speed. If you do nothing but travel or use exploration activities that don't half your speed again, you can move two hexes in one day. However, if you do something that slows your travel down, such as you're moving to avoid notice, you're moving in defensive position, you're moving defensively, you're investigating every little thing as you come across, you can only move one hex in a day. So basically, if we're blindly running into the jungle, we can go two hexes. But if we want to know what's there, we can only move one. Correct. Okay. So, so Von Rother moves return. two hexes through the jungle every day. Okay. Blindly sprinting <laughs> It was nice knowing you. You are all still in the city. Where, which direction would you like to travel? And how would you like to travel? So is that other hex, is that where they say the elephant people are? The one, this one down here? The one in the very bottom, yes, that bottom one is where the elephant people are, who, should you approach politely and nicely, they should be able to help you find out more about the Cinder Claws. But if you go in there and wanted to wreck everything, they might fight back. I mean, do we okay. want to go to them for help? Well, do we know what general direction the Cinder Claws are from the, from the elves? They normally come from the south, the east, the southeast, Nothing really northern or western. Okay. But that doesn't mean there's not camps or anything. Okay. So Twin Talon would vote to head toward the elephant people. We don't really have any other than just exploring every inch of jungle, which I'm not super thrilled with doing. If it's unfamiliar territory, might as well go to somewhere that can help and lead us to the right directions. We can certainly do what we can. Um, Saria, can I trouble you for a moment before we do continue? Oh, yes, let's go on. Also, Jasper, I hear Yes, that, uh, that would be uh, <laughs> my lovely, my lovely pet here wants his breakfast. <laughs> um, I, I got this note, but unfortunately, I, I do not read Elven. Could, could you perhaps translate it for me? Oh, yes, of course. Let me see. Sean, what does High's note say? What does Brianna's note say? For being so strong and hard-headed in some of the things we've discussed during our time here, we hope this ring helps you. And then in it, basically describes that it is a ring of the ram. Oh, yeah. yeah so she'll, she'll translate that for you. Ring of the ram. Interesting. I wonder what that means. We haven't run into one. Uh, have we? Have we not? I don't remember. I don't but... think we have. Do you want to tell people what it does? Sure. So the ring of the ram is has the effect of, once I activate it, 
a ram-shaped blast of force slams into a foe that I can see within 60 feet. The number of actions I spend to activate the item determines the intensity of the force. <laughs> Six force damage spent and five feet per hour. Guys, are you ready for this? It's Fusro. Ah! Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh, <laughs> That's it, I quit. Oh, no. <laughs> I want you to think about what you just did. Oh, it was worth it. <laughs> Hard headed. Now, right, I'll take it. She'll like kind of look at her hand with with the uh, this large ram shape. I guess wooden. Yeah, I made it wood because they don't have they don't use right iron. I got you. So I think Temid sees Soraya translating it for Brianna, and then he looks over and he sees Pond Watcher, and he's like, "Oh!" And then he so he brings over the note and he hands it to Pond Watcher, and I'm excited to see what how he translates this. Oh, um, yes, okay, I can read this. This mug is uh, real good at um drinks, uh, drinks for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, there's more. Uh, bring, bring big drink to you. Uh, hmm. How do you pronounce this? Um, everyday big tavern in your mouth. Yes, got it. Oh, excellent. Wow, it sounds like they gave you something very good. Yeah, it does. Uh, so Sean, what does it actually say? Uh, uh, that's what, that's what it was translated to. So that's what you know it says. <laughs> <laughs> well, damn it, wait, why don't you try it out? Uh, what is it full of yeah. need, I smell? So one thing I noticed was when I took a big sip out of it, watch this, watch, I won't even tell you. So he pulls out a mug from his backpack, one of his many mugs that he has, and then he pours it that mug full with the mug that he got, and then he hands it to you, all right? He says, taste this. He, uh, he swigs it down. And then he pours another one for you out of the same mug, and he hands it to you. You what? see that? Vile then, trickery is this. Then he drinks out of the same mug. He's like, it just keeps filling. This oh is amazing. My, this is amazing. This is the best thing I've ever seen. It really is. And then he puts it up in the air, like triumphantly, and then he accidentally sets off the healing thing that he doesn't know about. <laughs> oh, my paper cuts went away. What? Wait, did you see that? What if I lay on the ground and you hold it over my head like a 7-Eleven spigot? I mean, let's try it. And so then he steps over and then he pours it out on your face. Now it only fills up one mug at a time every six seconds. So like you get a mug full and then like it stops and then he looks at it for a little bit and then it fills up again and then he pours it again. You're How- waterboarding <laughs> with mead. Oh, this is the best day of my life, but also it's too much sickly sweet berry mead. Well, Can just it make anything more. else? Ask it to make it something else. I, I Can you make it? An- can you make an IPA? It's still the mead. <laughs> so stand up now. <laughs> He's looking for like a switch on the bottom or something that kind of sticks to it. What's happening? Sam, it's no, got no. magic cup, big, big mead cup for magic. Are you drunk already, Podwatcher? He just poured like 14 buckets of mead into my mouth, so no. Tevin is so excited that when he sees when Soraya, he sees Soraya ask that question, he runs up to her and that kind of like just shoves it in her face. Like, look, look, take a sip out of this. Take it. Take it. Take it. <laughs> Drink the whole thing. Okay. Okay. And then he kind of just I'm opens right. your mouth and starts pouring in it. Like, watch, watch. I can do it myself. 
and he's like, but look, 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 look. And then he's like, while you're swallowing the, the mead, he's like, we're watching it fill up again. Then he takes a sip out of it. He's like, you see that? This is amazing. This is the greatest invention, I think, in history. Oh, Jasper is all over this now. <laughs> and he's like, come here, Jasper. Come here. Take a sip. Oh, oh I'm so happy you're, you're finally not calling him creepy anymore. So with that. He's like, I have to go thank them properly. And he starts running back to it. <laughs> oh, no. Ten hours later. We're never leaving. So after Temid runs around the entire village thanking everyone. Thank you, and thank you, and thank you, and thank you. <laughs> you guys decide to head out. Which direction would you like to head for the first day? I mean, south, I guess? I it is my vote, southeast. Too. We don't know what's there, so... Yeah, not, yeah, not into where the... Uh, the hunter's gate is right. southeast so sounds good yeah. so for those people who aren't looking at the map uh we can see bar hex and one hex to the south directly south of us and then one hex probably six or seven hexes south and slightly east yeah south southeast <laughs> I, I would vote into unexplored tile to our southeast and how are you all moving through that square with my feet <laughs> Are we going two squares today, or are we going... I think we should be cautious in how we move. We, we don't know what we're going into. Indeed, we don't know what we're going to be facing or if Cinder Claws are about. I think we should be stealthy. I think the member and hard-headed of us should uh, go in front. Uh, also, when we get to those elephant men, I happen to know uh, firsthand that uh, Timothy has some ele- elephantine anatomy, so he should be the one to parlay with them. Uh, he... I'm not going to think too hard on that statement. And here we go. It's gonna, he's got to wink at you pretty hard. Okay. <laughs> uh, I would I would like to use survival to cover our tracks as we okay. go. Okay. Uh, excellent. Smart. Good one. Uh, if you would like uh, to actually give me actions that you would like to do, like Pod Watcher just did, if you turn page 479 and 480 of your Pathfinder Core rulebook, you can see all of the movements you can do. All right, survival of 28. That's a natural 20. So that, nice. is a, that is a critical success. You guys managed to move through, and Pond Watcher is carefully covering your track. Is anyone else doing anything? Perception? Yeah. This leaf frond goes here, and this little <laughs> acorn goes here. Don't mess it up. Don't look at it. Just keep walking. <laughs> Didn't realize um, this was an art form in the north. <laughs> anything that couldn't keep you alive. They have snow. It's harder. <laughs> it's this true. is so easy. Look, there's so many leaves and little branches and frogs. You can just throw the frogs into the path. Oh, are they poisonous? I don't, I don't know why Soraya suddenly has like a British accent. <laughs> well, they're poisonous. <laughs> well, she's kind of drunk now, right? She's been drinking some of that mead. She had the cup of mead that you forced down her throat. We had to wait like six hours for you to run around the town. So we, we Yeah, she's up. definitely sobered up by now. <laughs> uh, she'll be investigating. She wants to keep an eye out as they're traveling for things that might be interesting for use in her physical cantrips, as she calls them, or just interesting things that might help them as they're looking for this interview. So I will make a secret roll for you and see what happens. Brianna. Brianna will have her shield up. And we'll be defending. Uh, Twin Talon, what are you going to do? Twin Talon's going to try to avoid notice. Um, basically, if things are going to ambush us, he's going to try to ambush them right back. Great. So you need to give me a stealth check, please, when you get a chance. Yep. Anwar, what is Temid doing? 
Temid is, after the weird dream that he had last night, he's a little cautious and he's, or a little bit paranoid, and he's kind of looking over his shoulder and scouting. So I rolled a one, which gives me a 15. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I rolled for Soraya as well. So the first day is pretty uneventful. You're still kind of close to the, the city, so it's, it makes sense. Those of you who went hunting earlier, you guys kind of skirted the edge of this area. So it be day becomes night, and in the jungle with the thick canopies, everything starts to get dark. You decide to set up camp. Thick canopies. Mm, canopies. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. Is that what we're talking about? No. Nope. Sorry. So as you guys bed down for the night, begin to set up camp. I need, it takes about an hour to find an area that is good for you all to sleep in. And then who would like to make the survival check to build the camp? So my survival is a plus 12. I don't know if anyone else's is better than that. Mine is not. It's, it's wisdom based, so I think you're... Yeah, I mean, I have a plus 8, but I feel like I just burned it by getting a natural 20. So you should <laughs> you should go for it. Can I try I to will... assist him? Is that a thing I can do? You may. It's a 20 to get a plus 1. Yep. I mean, I am Pocahontas. Ooh. 29 total with a natural 17. Then the assist, possibly. 25, so you're at 30. Nice. All right. And then awesome. you also, because you were given tents and mosquito netting and all these things in your pack from the elves, you get another plus two. So you're actually at 32, which is a critical success. Yes. Which means the camp serves you exceptionally well allowing you to rest and make your daily preparations the next morning without difficulty. The camp is also camouflaged and protected, and as a result, there is no chance of a random encounter. Hooray! Awesome. There's also Hooray. a bar. Hooray, but also boo. <laughs> yeah. Take your safety, boo for lost Um, so as he's, uh, as he's fixing things, he's like, Hey, um, Silver, um, I heard you making that song about me earlier. You want to come here and help me, uh, set up this this particular bar here while we uh while, while i listen to the song and when you get close assuming you do come he actually uh he asked you actually i i didn't want to shout this across this thing but i had a weird dream right last night and kind of wanted to describe some of the things to you and see if you know anything about it because you seem to know a lot about a lot of things well, yeah sure so he kind of dis he describes the uh that weird in insect creature with the baby faces and the uh the crystalline structure and some like deity or something and he's like really confused by it he's like he does his best to describe everything to you so that maybe you could do a recall knowledge check on some of it uh, well uh silver gets like really intense as you're telling the story uh and he looks at you and he says memories can be a hell of a hell of a thing there not, uh... well you don't 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 let uh, don't think about it too much. Just uh, some uh, weird dreams, uh, you know. At time, uh, you know, drinking, uh, chasing snoo snoo, as they call it back in my day. Uh, you know, you get <laughs> your mind can go all all sorts of places. Don't don't uh, don't think about it too hard. All right. Wait. So you said memories? Like you think these are somebody's memories? Ah, uh, well. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm gonna say something, and then I'm not gonna say anything more. But uh, those, uh, that were, those were my memories. <laughs> what? Your memories? Not saying anything more. Wait, which? <laughs> oh, no, I have so many questions. And then he starts listing his questions. 
I imagine uh, like Silver's just walking away. He just he just yeets at that moment. Just you're you're not a very quick walker, old man. I can keep up with you. Now listen, were you this guy or were you that guy or were you the person with the green flames or were you the god? Hey, did you ever try this beer that I have? And then he's just like he's got a million questions for you. Not of all all of them are related to it, but he's like he's like so excited right now. I don't I don't think you want to open up that can of worms right now. Uh, and, and just don't, it's don't, already don't. open. Uh, I mean, I saw it already. All right. Well, why would you put worms in a can? Like, I don't understand that phrase. With that, you all bed down for the night, knowing that you are obscenely safe camouflage. You wake up the next morning, and which direction are you headed? We just want to start going directly south now. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah works for me. All right. And are you all doing the same things? Uh, Timmit is once again scouting. Yeah. Okay. So you move south. So as you hike throughout the day, you notice that the trees seem to be getting thicker and more dense, and you have traveled into a very heavily covered area. The heat is immense. Now, you all have hot weather gear in your bag. You've also been given hot weather gear back in the town, but it is beginning to become a slog through this. Does anyone want to change out of heavy le- heavy armors and into the hot weather gear, or is everyone going to stay in their armor and whatnot? I am 100% changing into the hot weather gear. Yeah, I think I am too. Okay. This breastplate conducts heat right into my nipples. <laughs> And nowhere else. Well, they're very realistic. Right. They did seem to uh, put nipples on your breastplate for some reason. I don't know. They laughed when they gave me this breastplate. They said, it suits you so well. I don't understand. (laughs) It kept you safe, for sure. Yes, it doesn't protect the arms or neck or anything, but I don't need that. (laughs) Who needs that? I would say this is severe heat, if you will, um, because of of the humidity in the the jungle and the trees keeping it down. I really hope at some point we go to a severe cold area so I can use my background. So, well, there's, there's four more gates to go, so you never know. <laughs> yeah, right. One of these days we're gonna go to a cold world, and I'm gonna be like so so like condescending about it to everyone. It's gonna be great. <laughs> so as you move through this day in the heat you've all switched into your or most of you have switched into your hot weather gear meaning it's you're getting going to get less fatigue as the night approaches you feel the temperature begin to drop and it begins to become comfortable and bearable would someone like to make their camping check which is survival again not me. Timid? All right, I'll do it again. You're just so good at setting up a tent. I'm assuming I haven't found anything interesting over the past two days. Yet. Okay. Uh, do you want me to assist again? Sure, but I got like yeah. exactly the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd like an assist, please. No. <laughs> All right. I'll try. I'll try. Those are trees. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled a, uh, oh. a natural two, which gives me an 11. I can try. Right. And one more assist. I mean, you could all help him try and set up a tent. <laughs> I, I can. She'll roll up her sleeves. I, I guess I can do this. This doesn't look too difficult. We're all just arguing about where to put tents. He's like, no, no, no. Okay, fine. You guys go do that one over there. The three of you together, all right? Just no, you see, the fire goes inside the tent. <laughs> he has to use his, like, mug of meat to put out the fire now. <laughs> All right. It's too cold to, to, to have the fire outside your house. So you guys successfully with the with Temid's where is it? With Temid's twenty nine. Again, you, back to back. You succeed and you build the camp. And that's twenty nine plus critical? two 
because of the yes. year we got? Yep. Okay. Is it critical? Is it a critical success? It is not a critical success. Oh man, we we barely hit it last time. Man. All right. This is a tough locale. Are you guys doing night watches? What's that oh, order? Yeah. I'll I'll okay. take first. I don't okay. know. How many watches do we need to do? I'd say four watches, two hours each. Uh, a pawn watcher would do the latest one because that's the when it's like the coolest. Okay. So that would be second shift. Sure. Second or third. Twin time I'll take third then. Okay. So Tamid will bring the uh, take the last one. Okay. Who's taking the first shift? That I did. Brianna, yeah. All right. Brianna, please give me a perception check. Try my best. There is sweat pouring into my face. Nice. Right. Rolling 18 is a good way to do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. You see nothing. It is a fairly calm, beginning to become comfortable evening. The fire dances around, keeping most creatures at bay. You hear some wind. Other than that, it's a fairly calm. Peaceful. Your two-hour shift ends, and Pond Watcher, you nudge Pond Watcher as he wakes up to take the shift. Pond Watcher. Just then. Oh, okay, yes. Oh, thank you. Okay, oh, so cool. Oh, it's much better at night. Quiet, I'm going to bathe before sleep. Okay, good night. I see everything with another natural 20. Yeah. Wow. 30 perception. You can't bathe on my watch. Oh, no, <laughs> He sees everything. <laughs> what he does see is coming down from one of his trees, an amber-looking goo starting to drip. Uh, uh-oh. How far away is it? It's probably about 15 feet away from you. It looks like it's a sap coming out of a tree. A very mysterious sap. Wouldn't be the first time. I will go investigate it. All right. As you approach, you see that this sap isn't actually coming from any wounds. It's just an orange, brown, amber, pulsing mouth. Hello, sap man. Are you friend or foe? He yells at the sap, and he draws his new magical bow. You see a tendril lurch out at you as it attempts to grab you. But we will have to find out what happens next week. Don't. Oh, oh no. Oh. Oh. It was foe. It was foe all along. What is this strange amber goo that is dripping? What was Temid's dream all about? And who was Silver in that dream? Find out the answers to these questions and more on the next episode of The Cret Die Podcast. And now... A word from our sponsors. A light in the shadows. A voice for the voiceless. Kindness, compassion, and redemption. All things that other groups tend to look over, but no, not members of the Radiant Oath. Having seen firsthand what people can return from, and being blessed with the Radiant Oath can help you help others. But do not take our hope as generosity or weakness. When needed, we will strike at the heart of darkness. Strike at the demons that try and corrupt society and people. We are kind. We are the light in the shadows. We are the Radiant Oath. Thank you for listening to the Cracked Eye Podcast. Background sound effects provided by Sirenscape because epic games deserve epic music. Please visit them at sirenscape.com. Pathfinder 2nd Edition 
Age of Ashes Adventure Path are all copyright of Paizo Publishing. Please visit them at paizo.com for more information.